wonderful Abba Father, thank you. Thank you for the privilege, Lord God, to be in your church, Father, in your house of worship, knowing that you are present with us, Lord God. Thank you. Thank you for who you are in our life. Thank you for the privilege to come and call you holy and bring praise and honor to you alone. Thank you, Father, for that privilege. Lord God, I ask you in a special way at this time, Lord, that every word that comes from my mouth, Lord God, that it bring honor and glory to you alone. Father, we are here to hear a message from you, Lord God, to read your word and be blessed by it, Lord, so that we can just draw closer to you each and every moment of the day. Father, we're living in a day where we just need to be refreshed, revived, Lord God, and to really understand the joy, the joy that you bring to your children. Father, we're living in a day in a world which is pretty much living in in contrast to how you want us to live, Father God, but we know that we are here to be your light, Father. We are here. You have called us with that special blessing, the responsibility and the privilege to be the light that people need to see so we can talk about you to them, Lord God, and they can come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for this prayer. May your will be done in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. I love that Bible verse, Isaiah 41.10, amen? I mean, if we're feeling down or we're feeling confused or whatever, discouraged, you know? There's, I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Bible verses that we could read and we can be encouraged by and that we would have the energy to live each minute of the day. But just this one alone, and I love it when I open up my Bible and it just jumps to that one. <laughs> don't we do that sometimes? Lord, just speak to me. I don't know if I should read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, or Isaiah, or Zechariah. But Lord, just speak to my heart. I need to be encouraged. And when we open up to Isaiah... Fear not, for I am with you, says the Lord. Amen? Any confusion with that? <laughs> no. Clarity from the Lord. For God is not a God of confusion, but of clarity. That's why the people of God, we have clear minds. We know where we're headed. Amen? Not doubtful. Not like tossing like the waves. Where do I go now? What do I do? Confusion, confusion. No. we walk the path that God has for us. Clarity of mind, straight path. God is speaking to his people. God directs his people, guides his people. He talks to his people. Fear not, for I am with you. I will be not dismayed, for I am your Abba Father. I am your Jehovah King. I am your redeemer, your savior, your mighty God, the one and only true God. Amen. Wow. <laughs> Let's go, Lord. Where do you need me today, Lord? For I live in victory. We live in victory. Amen. With a God like that, who is everything. And in one verse, we know how many names the Lord has. Oh, that gets me excited. Doesn't that get you, doesn't that get you excited? Amen? 
That's why the title, the joy of the Lord is your strength. What more can I say? <laughs> Let's go be joyful. <laughs> but it doesn't end there. I will make you strong. I will give you everything you need to walk the walk that I have for you. I will do that, says the Lord. For we in and of ourselves, we are so weak. We don't do it in our strength. That's why so many Christians opt out after a time. They opt out of the strength of the Lord. We walk in his strength. He does it in and through us. The reality is, and just before I heard the special prayer for the brother who's suffering from depression. He's a brother of the church. That's not something that is so rare today in our church. Why is that happening amongst the people of God? We go and speak at many different churches. And we hear about depression all the time amongst the people of God. I'm not talking about the world now. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to my brethren here. Amen. I'm not talking about the world. For the world has a lot to be depressed about. The world has a lot to be depressed about. Because if I live with no hope, with no strength, with no direction, with no joy, with no God, I'd be depressed as well. And who knows where I would be today if I wouldn't have decided to fully submit my life to the Lord. But I don't dwell on where I could have been. I focus. We focus on where we are today. In the house of the Lord. Because he lives and reigns through his children. And he's here with us present today. Amen. We don't have to ask for the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. We no longer have to ask for what we already have. For it says, receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and you shall be given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen? We have the Holy Spirit living in and through and with and guiding because it's God himself. Wow. (laughs) Amen on that. We can go home. Amen? (laughs) But it's not done. I will uphold you, says the Lord. With my righteous, pure right hand. My stronghold. No one will snatch them out of my hand, says the Lord. For the enemy wants to. And he's done a pretty good job at snatching many of his children out of his hand. Because they choose to let the devil do it. Because it would be, if we would be living in the strength of the Lord, nothing can snatch us out of his hand. But we bow down to the tricks of the enemy. The wickedness of the enemy. And that's why I love, I, lo- I already know what Joel's going to talk about. We do live together. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The armor of God. The armor of God. Men, just go. Be encouraged with one another. Go and hear this. It's powerful. One of the things that people ask me all the time when they find out I wrote 
fear nothing and live the extraordinary. Why did you write the book? Why did you write this? I'm not a writer. I'm not an author. I'm not, you know, I just, I, I saw a need and I started writing. The need was that everywhere I would go, and I say everywhere I have to go speak or teach, I see so much fear in the lives of believers. Too much fear. What does fear do? It brings on anxiety. It brings on, or fear comes from anxiety. Either way. Worrying, being worried about things, maybe financial hardships or whatever. In your marriage, not single, financially, low self-esteem. All those things then come to a point in your life and you fear. And what does fear do? What does fear cause? Makes us paralyzed to do the work of God. It paralyzes us from doing the work of God. So when that hits our life, fear, fear of whatever, think about it. Do you have any fear in your life that has prohibited you from doing the work of God because you feel that something's in your life that you, you can't do his work because of something that you pinpoint in your life? Think about it. Because that's the number one thing that I'm finding, that Christians are not able to fulfill the will of God because of fear in their lives. And that's why it's so important there was a study done. And I'm sure many of you heard this. There was a study done that it says in Scripture, 365 times, what? What do you think? Fear not. Do not fear. Come on. Can I get an amen for that one? 365 times in Scripture. There's other things about fear, but saying, do not fear, that they did a study 365 times. Do not fear, I am with you. Do not fear, I will strengthen you. Do not fear, I will hold your right, I will hold you by my righteous right hand. Do not fear, I'm walking before you. Do not fear, I've prepared the land for you. Do not fear, I will give you the words that you have to speak. Do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. Go get the work done. Amen? Win souls for the kingdom of God. That's what we're here for. To be Jesus. To be the light that the world needs. We are the light of the world so that he shines through us. We shine in the darkness here in this world. We are God's hands, God's feet, God's body, God's vessel. Fear not. That's why I wrote this because it's with ton of, I put a lot of scripture in it because really that's, those are the words of God. That's how we're being transformed. So the first, the first thing, there's five principles that I teach and it's on submission. The first one is surrender. Surrendering our life to Jesus Christ. Surrendering. Surrendering our life. Is his power, now think about this question. Is God's power enough to do his work? It is only if we are fully committed to him and his power. 
because God will not obligate us. He has power. We know he's all-powerful, all-knowing, all-wise. We know that. But unless I fully commit my life to him, surrender, total submission, his power will have no power in my life. Amen? So we have to remember that he has the power, but if I'm not submitting to that power, committing to that power, I will not be able to live in that power. Because remember, the Holy Spirit means what? That power that he has. Dynamite dynamite power. Dynamite power. That's literally what it means, like dino. And that's the kind of power he's offering his children. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 11. Let's all turn to Matthew 11. Let's read the word of God. Matthew 11, 28 to 30. And it says here, Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Come to me, all you who, are, who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest, says the Lord. So he not only gives us the strength we need to do everything, but he also says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you rest. I'm going to give you the kind of rest that only I can give you. <laughs> wow. The Christian walk. Who does everything? We submit. Who does all the work? Who gives us the strength? Who gives us the wisdom? Who gives us everything? Who even lets us rest? God himself. Because of what Jesus Christ did for us. He does that. Doesn't that get you excited? That we don't have to do anything in our own strength. We just need to submit to a loving God. Submission is what? Letting someone take control of your life. And and trusting them with it. It's like being married. Sometimes we go up to our spouse and say, and we tell them what? Close your mouth. I mean, close your eyes and open your mouth, right? And sometimes if your kids do it, you're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> what do you have in there? But even though your kids love you too, and my husband loves me, if he tells me that, I know it's going to be something good because he loves me and he doesn't want to see me sick because then I can't cook for him. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> He loves me. He doesn't want to see me hurting or sick. So I can trust that. So if I can trust my husband or my son, my family to do that, how much more can I trust my Abba father, my daddy God, who has all the best, the best plans for my life to bring him honor and glory. And not only that, even though that's awesome, but to then tell others about how awesome he is and that he has a special plan for their life. Amen? What joy that would bring. And and what joy that would bring once people fully understand that fullness that he came to offer. Jesus said in the book of John, so that I've come so that what? That your joy may be full. Amen? That your joy, we even sing that song, that your joy may be full. 
full and the words that he uses, just like John 10, 10, I've come to give what? The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But what does Jesus say? But I've come to give a life of abundance. Amen? Not just a little bit here and there. So you can just kind of gather it and just kind of, you know, like we, sometimes when we're hurting, we get every little penny. No. God's abundance is different. You know, many times when we tell the kids, you know, it's not about quantity. It's about quality. How many have said that to your kids? Now take your time. It's not about quality. It's about, no, it's not about quantity. It's about the quality of the work, right? We say that. Well, do you know that the word that he uses in abundance and, and when he's referring to his joy and all that he wants to give his children, do you know that it means over and over in quality and quantity? Overflowing in quality because it's the best of the best and in quantity. Because God wants us to overflow. Like David said, my cup overfloweth because I know God so well. And his word tells me it that I'm just, he wasn't just talking about, he wasn't talking about material possession. He was talking about who he was in the Lord, his value, who he was in the Lord as the son of the king. He knew his value, for I am fearfully and wonderfully created. This my soul knows very well. That's why as Christians, we walk different. We talk different. We do everything different because we're not like the world. Amen? We're different. Matthew, when he says, when Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight and 30, Come to me, Jesus says, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle, lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy. (laughs) The Christian walk easy? Be real. (laughs) it's not not, in in our own strength it's not easy because then he says in 1038 matthew 1038 let's just read that verse and jesus says jesus speaking here he says and he who does not take up his cross and follow me is what not worthy of me okay my yoke is easy and my burden is light but he who does not take up his, up, up, up his cross, take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Let's read Luke 9, 23 and 24. Luke 9, 23 and 24. Luke 9, 23 and 24, and I read here. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will what? I want to read this. It says, 
This easy yoke consists in a total commitment, a total surrender to godliness through the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. It at once requires both no effort, no effort, yet with the same breath I say maximal effort. No effort in that the necessary moment-to-moment faith cannot be worked up from within, but it's what? A gift of God. For it says that in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it's a gift of God so that no one will boast. Amen? And maximal effort in that there is no predeterminable level of holiness or obedience sufficient to satisfy God and let us rest on our own merits. In other words, it's a total surrender to God, not halfway. God never just blesses us halfway. He wants to give us the full measure of his blessing. Even though we receive blessings each and every day from a great God that we have, that we serve. But he wants us to first learn to understand how to continue. When we first gave our life to Jesus Christ, what do we do? We surrendered. We submitted. A total surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Total surrender. That's step one. But now what happens after we have surrendered for a time? We start to maybe depend on our own works, on our own way of living. And that's why the next next step that I had was trusting. A continual trusting in the Lord. And we can read that in, I love Proverbs 3. Let's all turn there. Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3. And we're going to read. Starting in verse 5. Trust in the Lord. And we, a lot of us know this one already by heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Amen? To truly trust, and then it says in 7, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear God, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with your first fruits of all your increase. So that your barn, so your life, so that your your life will be filled with plenty, and that there will be no, absolutely no need at all. For the Lord says clearly, He gives us everything we need. Amen. We just need a, an attitude of, of of trusting Him, of constant trust, submission. Then we trust, and as we continually submit to Him and trust Him, what is another word for trust? Our faith. Amen. How does our faith grow? By it being tested. And how is it being tested? When we trust him to walk in it. Isn't that simple? But then who gives us the strength to walk in it? He does. And when we get tired from all that we're, 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 we're walking in or seeing around, who gives us the rest? <laughs> he does. <laughs> it's a beautiful partnership. <laughs> Amen. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. See, the thing is here on earth, where many of us are just looking to what we see, to what we get to see. But with the Lord, he gives us new vision. 
We see spiritually those who are hurting. We see spiritually that what awaits us. We can see another dimension in this world. We can see it because we believe it. Because God shows us his way and his words. But there's no way we can ever fully surrender or even trust without reading and partaking of the word of God. Each and every day, partaking and eating and sharing of the word of God. When I say the Lord tells me or told me, or it's because through his word, he speaks to his people. Amen? Because he puts his words in my heart. And because I have a heart bent towards God, he's going to put those words in my mind. And then because they're in my mind as his daughter or you as his son, because he puts them in our heart and in our mind, when I open up my mouth, what am I going to speak? Anything that glorifies and honors God because I'm his. Amen. And when some, some, some obstacle comes in my way, I'm not going to, what, what, what am I going to do? Lord, I'm yours. Father, go through this obstacle. I'm with you. Teach me how to do this. And he will provide. Every answer, every need, every question that we have, he will answer it. It's in the word. This is complete. Nothing's missing. Nothing should be added. Nothing should be taken away. For it says clearly, if you add to the word of God, the place will be added to you. If you take the word, if you take anything out of the word of God, what will happen? Your part in the book of life will be taken. It's clear. Amen. It's clear. The word of God, it's complete, it's alive and well, it's transforming, it's reviving, it's refreshing, it's encouraging, and it gives me everything and it gives you everything that you need to finish your walk here on earth so that you can bring glory and honor to God and mostly that you can bring and show the Lord how many you're going to win to him, amen? Amen? There's no greater joy for the Christian to say, I want a soul to Jesus Christ. Wow, what a privilege. What a privilege to teach our children, to bring them up in the ways of the Lord, that they never need to fear anything. You know how many teens today are suffering and trying to take their life because of depression? Because they don't know, because they think, because they're teaching in the schools that they come from, from nothingness? From nothingness? They just, something just appeared? That puts way, my value way low. But because we know we are created in the image of God, of God himself, I have value. I have value. Surrender, trust, and obedience to the word of God. Obedience to the word of God. We don't have time to go into each and every step. But to obey to obey, and just like the song says, to trust and obey, for there's no other way. Amen? And, and, Paul, and that's why I, what I love about David when he um, is always telling God after what he did, created me a clean heart. Created me a clean heart. Wash me, Lord. Wash me, Lord. Isn't that what we ask for all the time, or we should be asking for every day? Lord, just created me a clean heart a heart that is bent towards you, a heart that just wants to spend spend time with you. You know, I used to work full-time out of the home, and then I started homeschooling, and um, God just made it so so amazing what he did. But my desire was to stay home, to be able to 
first homeschool our children. But now my desire is to stay home so I have time to really study the word of God, to have a good time, whether it's two, three, four hours of just one-on-one with the Lord. And he provides that. He has provided that for my life. And I don't know how it happens, but I still make just as much as I did when I worked full-time out of home. He makes, he makes us effective. He blesses everything that our hands touch. He blesses every. This morning, it was so wonderful because when I woke up in the morning, I woke up, at, I went to sleep too early yesterday. It was like 9.30. <laughs> and I know we don't go to sleep that early. But that's really the recommended time to go to sleep. Really. <laughs> it's really good. But I woke up this morning with these words because I've been trying to memorize Psalm 1. Um, one to three, and it says, blessed is a man who w- or woman, because man is man or woman, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the si- seats of the scornful, but his or her delight is in the law of the Lord. And in it, he, she meditates on it day and night. He shall be planted by a river, a tree. Uh, he shall be planted like a tree by a river which leaves never, never fall. And, and not exactly, it says like that, whose leaf shall not wither and bring forth its fruit in its perfect time, in its season. Perfect timing. The fruit of God. The fruit from God. The blessings from God. When I learn to know how to walk with him, and trust in him and walk in the path. When it says, I will direct your path, the Lord says, you know what it means? That he will make it straight. He will clear whatever obstacles in the way. So people who come in your way, Christians, brothers and sisters, people who are in your way, there's a bulldozer coming through. <laughs> but we have to try and save them. We don't want the bulldozer to run them, run them down, right? <laughs> we want to save people. But we don't have to worry about the obstacles. And that's why we have to make sure each and every day we draw our strength, our courage from knowing the word of God. From knowing clearly the word of God. Never fear. Never fear. For that is not of God. And when fear and doubt and worry, whatever comes in mind, remember that's not from God. It's from the enemy to destroy you. But because you and I know the word of God, knows what it is saying, and because we meditate on it day and night, and it doesn't mean I stay in my room day and night because I have things to do. I have a husband and I have a family and I have a job. No, but as I meditate on it and just really devour it and ask the Holy Spirit to give me the wisdom to retain it and to bring it back to memory when I need it, or to help save a soul when I need it. He will bring it back because I'm eating and partaking of the word of God. Amen? And that through this word, the power that lives in me and through me, the power that lives in you and through you, through the Holy Spirit power, will not let you fear. And if there's any doubt, he'll take it away like that. Because that's not for the children of God. We are to walk boldly, confidently, lovingly, Finishing the work God has for his children. Amen? The reverence, that was the next step, reverence. 
And I won't say much about that. I will just say this. Reverence. I was brought up in a church where I was taught great reverence for the temple. When you walk in the vestibule, you would have to bless yourself. And although these may, may, um, the Lord showed me new truth and more truth and the, and the right way that the Lord wanted me to live. But I tell you one thing. Everything that the Lord permits in your life, he will use it for good. And I tell you one thing. Being brought up the way I was brought up, I never have forgotten that. So when I come into the temple now, a different church, a different denomination, but I will still, I will still come and kneel before the Lord in prayer. Because we come into the house of God. We know as Samuel says, or as um, Solomon said, that he doesn't um, live and we can't build something big enough for God to live in. But he blesses his people and he's here with us. Amen. And because we know we're coming before a holy God, a holy father, the, the one who redeemed us, the one and only true God, doesn't he deserve for us? to come and bow and kneel before him. Amen. And I've never forgotten. And I love that the reverence that I learned, I had to bless myself with holy water and bless myself and kneel. But you know, now that I know so much more, but I tell you now I know as a Christian, as a true daughter of the King, why, even though I didn't know back then, and I believe the majority don't understand that sacred and holiness but that, wow, it was really an, an act of bless, forgive my sins, Lord, before I even step into your temple. Forgive me if there's any going through those double doors here before I stepped in, knowing that wherever God is, it's holy ground. Asking him, Lord, forgive me on my sin. Prepare me to hear your word. Take out whatever garbage is in here. So that I can hear and receive your words. So that they can transform my life. So that when I leave this temple, I will not leave as I came in. We want to be transformed every time we hear the word of God. Not bored. Not tired. We want to be rejuvenated. We want to be revived. And God says, I will strengthen you. I will revive you. I will restore you. I will give you rest. I will give you everything you need. Submit. Learn how to walk with me. Learn how to trust with me. Trust me. I will direct your path. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will hold you by my righteous right hand. No one can take you out of my hand. We can go on and on and on all day long. Amen? Because God's people need to be encouraged. And the last point that I show in my book, that I teach in my book, is Thanksgiving. Psalm 100. Let's go to Psalm 100. Because I'm about to end with this now. Psalm 100. And I know we have different versions, and you can read yours aloud as well. Mine, I'm reading from the New King James. Psalm 100 says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is good. He's a good God we serve. It is he who has, what? Made us. And we, nothing of ourselves, amen. We are his people 
and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates, into his temple, into the worship service with gratitude. (laughs) Thanksgiving. Oh. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For he is the Lord. He is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. His truth. Whatever it says in here is truth. And he will abide by it because he is God. He can do no other but abide by his words. Amen. And he gives his words to his children. So we learn how to surrender, how to trust, how to obey. For if we trust our God, it's a privilege. It's a privilege to come before him and obey. Have the opportunity to obey. When I know that everything he has for me is for my own good. For my own safety. It's health to my bones. Amen. It says the word of God. And a joyful spirit is like what? Great medicine. All we need is the word of God to release us of any depression, of any anxiety, of any fear, of any doubting, of any low self-esteem. I'm a child of the king. There's no room for that. There's only room for what? Glory and glory and glory. May it be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. God bless each and every one of you. Let us pray. Holy Father, thank you, Father. Just thank you, Lord, for everything that you have done. Thank you that Jesus is coming again. Thank you that he will take us to our real home, our true home. But Father, as we journey through on this earth, Father, give us the joy and the continued strength as you promised and the rest and help us to believe, Lord God, that you are who you say you are and that you will do all things because we do it through Christ who strengthens us. Thank you, Father, for that promise. Thank you, Father, for all you will do. Father, destroy and take away any fear that we may have and that we live in your fullness, in your boldness, and in your courage and at the end of time claim victory for Jesus Christ our Savior. And in his name we pray. Amen.